Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. We hope this message tonight and when I follow with the next message, the continuation of this one, and it won't be next Wednesday night because we're having vacation Bible school. But I really first hope that it will challenge you and challenge your status quo and that you will think and you will then change and do the right thing. This chapter brings us to a phrase that we, each of us individually, need to give serious consideration to. Are we wholly following the Lord? Let's begin with a quote from Vance Havner this evening. And this will get us thinking. Okay, I want you to think tonight. Now, I don't want you to think about your spouse, your kids. I want you to think about you. A wife who is 85% faithful to her husband is not faithful at all. And he compares that. There is no such thing as a part-time loyalty to Jesus Christ. That's really hard for a lot of modern-day Americans to comprehend. We pride ourselves in being self-reliant and self-sufficient. And and in some respects, that's a good thing. But it doesn't give us the right to be distant from God and doing things our way in the way we see them. When you get married, you give 100% commitment. 100%. And anything less than that isn't right. And when we come to the Lord, we need to understand, yeah, even in modern-day materialistic, narcissistic America, we need to go back and realize it's just as important for us to be totally committed now as it was for Joshua and Caleb to be committed. No spouse would be pleased with a spouse who is 50%, 75%, or 85% faithful. To not be 100% faithful is to be unfaithful. However, when it comes to our faithfulness to God, I'm afraid there's many Christians perfectly content to be 50% faithful, 75% faithful, 85% faithful. Joshua chapter 14, as I was reading it in preparation for this message, something just jumped off the page. Three times it is stated in Joshua chapter 14 of Caleb that he followed the Lord wholly, or that he wholly followed the Lord. I'm reading that and it just jumps off the page. It just, it just stood out, and I, t- I take that as the Lord impressing upon me that that's what needs to be emphasized from this pulpit tonight to these people. It's telling us that Caleb was totally faithful. When it says he wholly followed the Lord, he was totally faithful. He was totally committed. And as I read that, that it was specifically said of Caleb 
that he wholly followed the Lord, it's like the light went on in my mind. That implies that others don't. Others must not. Otherwise, you don't need to say it. It's just a given. Everybody follows the Lord. No, it is specifically said of Caleb that he wholly followed the Lord. And as I thought about that, and as I dove deeper in the Scripture, I could see that Joshua 14 leads us to conclude that there really are three groups of people, and every one of us fit into one of these categories, as it relates to the Lord. Number one, there are those who do not follow at all. And we'll show you that in a second. Number two, there are those who partially follow. And we'll show you that in a second. And then, thankfully, there are some like Caleb who wholly follow the Lord. Now, what is this lesson about tonight? What's the point? How does it matter to us? Again, these stories, these, these Bible narratives are not to entertain us, although some are very entertaining. They speak truth to us. They illustrate truths. It's to convict us. It's to, to right what is wrong in our hearts, to draw us closer to the Lord and to make us more like the Lord. So the lesson here is that those who do not follow the Lord will pay the price for eternity. It's a big price for not following the Lord. Those, and by that I mean they don't get saved or anything. They choose, they just dismiss God altogether. We learn also that those who, who partially follow will pay the price in this life. Now, they're going to go to heaven. But in this life, those who partially follow, as you're about to see, are going to pay a price that they don't have to pay. And those who wholly follow are blessed both in this life and the next. Joshua chapter 14, it gives us a man whose story should if necessary, convict us, and for all of us, it should inspire us. Uh, Let's begin in Joshua chapter 14, verse number 6, this story of Caleb. We're going to read down to verse number 15. It says, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea? He says, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Remember the 12 spies? Well, Caleb and Joshua were two of those 12 spies. Ten of the 12 spies come back with a negative report. We don't want to go over there. We don't want to mess with those people. And Joshua and Caleb are like, hey, what's that all about? Caleb was one of the ones... That was positive. Let's go possess the land. God said he's going to give it to us. So he's talking about that time. He's going back. Verse number 8. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. In other words, those ten came back with a bad report. But I, here it is, jumped off the page. I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because, here it is again, thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Land has been promised to Caleb, and now, a number of years later, 
He's claiming it. He's laying claim to it. Verse number 10. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years. So he's 85 years old now. Do the math. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He hadn't forgotten it. He hadn't forgot the promise. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. For war both to go out and to come in. Verse 12, Now therefore give me this mountain. Whereof the Lord God spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. Joshua blessed him and gave unto him Caleb, the son of Jephthah, a Hebron, for an inheritance. Verse 14, Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb and the son of Jephthah, the Kinzonite, unto this day. Third time. Because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron before was Kajath uh, Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Amicans, and the land had rest from war. In this story, it is quite clear, it is quite evident that Caleb is rewarded because he wholly followed the Lord. That is stated very clearly. And again, as I read that, I thought the obvious. There must be people then who only partially follow the Lord. Uh, And the implication is this, as I said just a while ago, then some people are not going to follow the Lord at all. Some people are going to partially follow the Lord. And some people are going to follow the Lord wholly. Now let's go back. Okay, we're in Joshua. Let's go back. Into Numbers chapter 32 and verse number 11, where all this is being played out. It says in verse number 11, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham. You know, they all got really negative on Moses. Unto Isaac and unto Jacob, because they have, they have not wholly followed me. Okay, there, you know, I thought about it at first. Okay, man, not everybody's going to follow him wholly. And here he says it very clearly. They have not wholly followed. They followed me, but on their terms. They followed me, but when it was convenient for them. Save Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenzanite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And again, you go back to Numbers. And we see that some people chose to follow the Lord. Some people chose to partially follow the Lord. Some people chose to wholly follow the Lord. Let's think about that Exodus story. Because it is illustrated in Exodus, these three different kinds of people. Number one, you can choose not to follow the Lord. God gives us a free will, and you can choose not to follow the Lord. And uh, Pharaoh chose not to follow the Lord, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. He didn't want anything to do with God. Now, he could have. He could have gotten saved. He clearly saw the power of God. He saw the plagues uh, that he experienced it upon his land, but he chose not to follow the Lord. Therefore, that made him 
an enemy of God. The Bible's very clear. He that is not with me is against me. He chose not to follow the Lord. He paid dearly for it. Those ten plagues were anything but fun. And then the Red Sea crashes down upon them. And he's spending all eternity to this very day screaming in the pains and the agony of hell. It makes a difference whether you follow the Lord. It makes a difference how you follow the Lord. In this case, he chose not to follow the Lord. But that's not really who we're focusing on tonight. The people in this room, I want to believe, and I hope and pray, are following the Lord. Probably there are some people in this room who are wholly following the Lord, but there may be some people in this room who are partially following the Lord. And that's a choice that we make each and every day. You can choose to partially follow the Lord if you want to. And these children that came out of Egypt, these Hebrew children, they chose to follow the Lord. But if you read the story, as long as it was to their liking, they liked it when Pharaoh got what was coming to him. They liked it when they saw the plagues coming down upon Egypt. They liked packing their bags and saying, see you later, Egypt. See you later, Pharaoh. You know, not working for you guys anymore. They liked the idea of going to 207 Easy Street in the Promised Land. I mean, they're all about, they're on board. They're, they're, they're following. Till. They realized that their faith would require some commitment some courage, some self-discipline, and some sacrifice. And at that point, they were ready to bail. And isn't that true of a lot of Christians we know? Yeah, that sounds good. Go to church. Enjoy the blessings of God, fellowship. Man, they'll serve you a meal between services, you know. That's a good thing. And then the preacher get up and say, you need to do this, you need to do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. And the preacher can say, it's in the Bible. Well, what version? There's got to be a version that doesn't have that in the Bible. They were going to have to show some commitment. They were going to have to show some courage. They were going to have to show some self-discipline, some sacrifice. It was necessary for them to gain victory in the promised land. But you know what it revealed? When it came up to the River Jordan and ten of the spies came back and said, it's going to be hard. It proved that these were at best fair-weather Christians. They were partial Partially following the Lord. You go back to Numbers 14 and you read the account and it becomes very clear what partial followers look like and how they act. And folks, since it happened several thousand years ago, folks haven't changed very much at all. 
the description that I'm going to read to you from the Bible of how partial followers live, act, and think describes sadly all too well how many partial followers think and act today. We read about that in Numbers 14. Number one, people who partially follow the Lord are guided more by emotion than by the word. They let their feelings get the best of them. Not so interested in the word of God. Where do you get that from? Well, let's read the account of how all this happened. When you go back, you know, Caleb, you know, was promised the mountain and here they are and, and the, the spies go out and the spies come back and everybody's been excited so far, but the spies come back with some news that's going to provide a challenge. Numbers 14.1, and all the congregation then lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. They were told, there's giants in the land. Whoa, what? In the, wait, the promised land? You sure you got the right land? Is this the right address, Moses? Yeah, are you sure that land over there? Ten spies come back and say, it's bad. It's really bad. And these people, it's interesting that the Bible is describing their emotional response to the news that they got. I mean, that's the Bible. I mean, it didn't have to be there, but it's there. Lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. The problem with emotions, folks, is they cannot be trusted. God's Word can be trusted, but emotions can't be because your emotions were telling them, this is too hard, this is too tough, I didn't sign up for this. They weren't listening to God's word. They were going by their feelings. I don't feel like going over there. I don't feel like doing this. There's got to be another way. It's not meant to be that way. They were guided by their emotions and not by God's word. And that's the way people who partially follow the Lord do. They, They follow him. As long as it feels good. As long as it makes them happy. As long as everything's falling into place. As long as they're... They don't have to lose their popularity in the community. As long as they're not thought oddly of, emotions are key. That's the way partial followers of the Lord act. It's it's there in black and white. But secondly, people who partially follow God complain about the leadership when leaders challenge them to commitment and high standards. I read that again. People who partially follow God are the first, I should say, to complain about the leadership when leaders challenge them to commitment and high standards. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Who's the leaders that got them to the promised land? Moses and Aaron. Who are they murmuring? What does murmur mean? Complain. They're complaining. They are belly aching. The preacher, Moses, was the recipient of the wrath of the people when he was challenging them simply to be faithful. Yeah, he was challenging them to do something hard. He was telling them, you know, this is where we are. This is where God wants us to go. And they just turned on him. These people just turned on him. When people don't want to follow God, they find fault with his messenger. It's the way it's worked for thousands of years. That's the way it happens today. 
Sadly, it happens in churches all too often. Moses is leading them exactly like God told him to. To the right place at the right time, to cross the river, to do the right thing. And who are they going to complain about? They're going to complain about the messenger. They murmured against him. They complained. They bellyate. I can't imagine what Moses was feeling. Laying in his tent at night, his head on his pillow. Wondering, what have I gotten myself into? Why does it have to be this way? These people clearly saw the mighty hand of God against Egypt and against Pharaoh. And now they're complaining? There's a reason why that God calls the followers sheep. There's a reason for that. People who partially follow God complain about the leadership when leaders challenge them to commitment and high standards. Folks, that happened then and it happens today. People leave churches all the time just because it's just too hard. Number three, people who partially follow God often long to go back to the world because they think the Christian life is too hard. So again, verse number two, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Well, how did they murmur? What did they say? And the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we had died in this wilderness? The world, I mean, they were thinking about going back into Egypt, going back into bondage. Had they forgotten so soon? Had they forgotten that they were slaves? How, how terrible our, our emotions are. How, how tricky our emotions can be. How our mind can play games with us. I mean, this proves that the world is a magnet to people's flesh. When, when people get frustrated, when they, when, they, when they are asked to be more committed, more steadfast, to, to demonstrate courage and bravery, they start complaining and they start looking back and they start believing lies. They start believing lies. It is a lie of Satan that they would have been better off to stay in Egypt. Number four, people who partially follow the Lord will often cloak I've said this before, this is one of my pet peeves. People who partially follow the Lord will often cloak their rebellion and lack of faith and high-sounding rhetoric. They, they, rebels want to sound spiritual. Rebels want to have you believe that they're taking the high ground. Now, folks, we know this. They're wrong. These complaining people who are pointing the finger at Moses who are wanting to go back into Egypt, which is a picture of the world. It's a symbolic picture of the world. We know this for a fact, that these people are wrong. And and listen to what they say. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? We've got to go. We're just thinking of the children. We're just thinking of the ladies as if God isn't. As if God isn't. You, you understand how out of their mind they are in their thinking here? How, for lack of a better word, how crazy they're thinking? And yet they're believing it. 
What? A lot. But they're convincing themselves, as backsliders do. Backsliders always justify themselves, and it usually starts by pointing a finger at the leadership. They find fault. When somebody starts to backslide, the first thing they start doing is complaining. They just start nitpicking. And they're out of God's will. They're as backslidden as a person can be, but they're going to sound, they're going to give you this lofty rhetoric of, well, I have my concerns about this and I have my concerns about that. No, you're supposed to be going into the promised land. You are totally out of God's will. Moses and Aaron, Caleb and Joshua are totally in God's will. And there may be a hundred thousand times more of you than there are of them, but oftentimes the popular way is the wrong way. And oftentimes the wrong way is the popular way. More often than not, when it comes to Scripture, that's the way it works. Then number five, this is how people who... It was said of Caleb that he wholly followed the Lord. Now you're seeing how the rest of them were. People who partially followed the Lord established leaders of their own choosing rather than those of God's choosing. And they said one to another, listen, oh, we see this played out so often. Let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. You know, in their minds, they're not denying God. They're still, we're Christian. We're just concerned about the women and the children. And we're not against leadership. We're for leadership. But we're going to do the picking. We're going to pick somebody that's going to do what we say. And there's always folks available for that. There's preachers for sale just like there's lawyers for sale and anybody else for sale out there. It's very sad. They're acting independently of the Word, independently of God's man, and independently of God. The Bible talks about people like this. Again, they're playing the game. They're not, they're not walking away from God in, in their minds. I mean, they're, they're more spiritual than Moses. Moses has put us all at risk. Think about the women and the children. We are more... Yes, y'all are so compassionate. Moses, the nerve of you, Moses, to to challenge these people to do what God said. God never said it'd be easy. It wasn't easy for him. It wasn't easy for Paul. It wasn't easy for the apostles. People are often good to follow as long as it's easy. But the call to courage, self-discipline, self-sacrifice, commitment, everything was fine until they got up there. I mean, they're, they're moving along. They're moving along. They're getting there. They're following Moses. Until Moses says, now we're going to need some commitment. We're going we're, we're to need some sacrifices. They, pay, they became, look, What he's preaching and talking about and praising God doesn't bother them. It's when when they were going to have to make some lifestyle changes. That's when when people get upset. Oh, they don't care. You can be Calvinist. You can be anti-Calvinist. It it don't matter to us. I mean, we'll come. That makes makes no difference. We got to dress modestly. What did you say? Excuse me? Modestly, you know, music. We gotta. There's wrong music. What did you say? Can't we go back and talk about Calvinism versus non-Calvinism? You know, can we talk about you know pre-trib, post-trib, amillennial? You know, can we talk about? 
You can talk about that till you're blue in the face. And 99% of people won't care. But then you say, look, it's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some courage. We've got to go over there and take that land. Which is a picture of just defeating the world and growing as Christians. I like this quote. Many Christians stall out in the faith when the call to total commitment is received or viewed as something too high or too hard to acquire. Or they have never been taught that total commitment is Christ a man for all his followers. I don't want to stop right here because I'm just getting to the point where I can really preach. (laughs) Because I'm going to make it real practical. Because... Today, it's not a whole lot different than then. As long as things are going good, hey, we're with you. But when the preacher starts getting specific, hey, we're going to have to cross that river. And there's Jericho over there, and there's Ai over there, and there's the Amalekites and all the other kites. You know, they're all over there. It's at that point that they have to make a decision. Are we going to wholly follow the Lord or not, And their actions reveal that, no, they're not going to wholly follow the Lord. And there are three times in modern Christians' lives, in our current culture, where I've seen more people drop by the wayside. You know, I've been in ministry over 40 years. Over 40 years. I've seen a lot. Hopefully I've learned some things. I'm not a rookie anymore. And I like Dr. Harley dealing with couples. He, he, you, you deal with enough couples and you see patterns. Dealing with people in ministry, and particularly as a pastor, you, you see things. And they start repeating themselves. That's how Dr. Harley knows what he knows. Because it's just, it's just different couples doing the same things. And he figured out the pattern. He said, this is the problem. There are three times in people's lives when they come up to their Jordan River and they have to make a decision. They're, they're, they're faced with, with commitment. And there's three dangerous times. I'm talking about in today's culture. This is based on anecdotal evidence of just my observation through the years. And I could bring in a lot of other preachers that could back me up on this. When folks are, are most likely to bail and... If, find their own leader to their own liking that's going to tell them what their itching ears want to hear, or they're just going to go back into the world altogether like these folks are wanting to do at this time. There's three times. And I will share that with you, not next week, but the week after that. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.